Hello, and welcome to the Investing on the Go podcast. I'm Chris Sarley, and today we're joined by Hugh Greaves, manager of the Elite Rated Might and US Opportunities Fund. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Chris. Um, there's only one place to start, obviously, with what's happening at the moment. Obviously, the US Federal Reserve has already spent sort of exorbitant amounts trying to, to tackle the pandemic. Um, could you perhaps tell us what you think the long-term consequences of that spending might be? I mean, I still, it, it's still pretty early. Um, we really need to find out how quickly we get through this recession before we can really start thinking about the longer-term consequences. Um, but if you think about it, if it is going to be a relatively short, sharp recession, then clearly there is a danger that the Federal Reserve and U.S. government as a whole has, will overstimulate the economy and be pushing too much money at the problem. So you know, clearly there is a risk that we come out the other side with too much money sloshing around the system, which is hugely inflationary. And the question then becomes, what happens um, the other side is how the authorities respond to that. Now, you know, it, it may be that given the amount of debt that's in the system, that the authorities may be very happy or very comfortable with in inflation running too high because you know, clearly what faster way is it to pay down debt than just to inflate it away? Um, you know, a lot of the time people are using you know, World War II or wartime analogies. Well, what happened after World War II when there was too much debt? We had too much inflation. And that got rid of the debt. So, you know, clearly there's a risk that the inflationary genie now is out of the bottle. Uh, history has obviously shown that no US president has ever been re-elected during a recession. And we've seen unemployment figures skyrocket in recent months. Uh, do you think that COVID-19 will inevitably impact the result? Um, I first want to be careful looking at the headline inflation figure. You get these figures of you know, 15, 18, 20% unemployment. Um, this isn't structural unemployment. These people, in theory, do have jobs to go back to when they come off furlough. So, you know, how, how they feel about that and how that affects their um, voting intentions is not totally clear. Um, but certainly when you look at how Trump has handled this crisis overall, he hasn't really put a foot wrong in the same way that perhaps Bush Jr. put a foot wrong with Katrina and New Orleans or um, other presidents have made mistakes in the past. So, but I think if he can come through this and show or, or get the country through this very quickly, then it will put him in a stronger position, clearly. Whether that is actually strong enough to get him back into the White House for another four years, though, is, a, is questionable. I don't think he was going to win anyway. I'm not sure that this really changes the result, but it might make it closer. Um, we've seen the stock market fall significantly in the past few months. Um, do you think we've reached a bottom now? Are you optimistic? If so, just, just tell us why. Well, I mean, that's a $100 million question, isn't it? Um, you know, in terms of the, the, the sell-off that we've seen, really, I, th I think we've seen three sell-offs. And let me just explain that. First of all, obviously, was the virus sell-off that we saw. Secondly, we had the oil price war between um, Saudi and Russia which caused a second big leg down. And then thirdly, the two of those two combined to push up VIX, which is the volatility index, um, to all-time highs. And the, re the reason that's important is a lot of hedge funds, risk models, um, there's a lot of uh, risk parity funds that rebalance their allocations all based on the VIX. So if the VIX goes up, a lot of these funds will sell their equity holdings, which drives the VIX up higher. So what you end up with is a sort of negative feedback loop 
where more selling creates selling. And I think that the third big leg down that we saw in uh, last month was all driven by that. Now, that is all done now, um, I, which gives me confidence that that was an artificial low caused by you know, the, the plumbing in the market. I don't think that repeats, so I don't think we get back down to you know, the lows that we saw a month ago. Okay. So you've got an element of optimism there. I mean, have you been using the steep falling markets to add some of your existing holdings at perhaps attractive prices? So we were very fortunate in, um, you know, in January and February, we were doing nothing but selling as you know, the markets were ripping higher. We had stocks hitting price targets. So our cash position built up to you know, 11% of the fund. So you know, as the market started falling again, you know, it's much easier to reinvest that money back into the market rather than sell things to buy things. Um, but yes, yeah, so I We've been using it to add to existing holdings and also to buy a lot of new holdings. You know, companies that we've been admiring for years and years but never had the opportunity to buy in the past because they're simply too expensive. Um, now, with the sell-off that you saw last month, a lot of those companies came back to levels that are attractive where we can buy them with a good margin of safety. So, yeah, we've definitely been uh, taking advantage of this sell-off. Um, and, you know, this is the opportunity where you, you rebuild the fund back to, um, you, know, you upgrade the quality of the companies in the portfolio to build the performance for the next coming you know, weeks, months, and years for investors. You, you mentioned rebuilding the portfolio there, right? I believe you recently mentioned that you've, you're sort of the most excited you've been about smaller companies for the first time in years. Could you maybe give us a bit more detail on that and what the sure. is there? So the My Newest Opportunities Fund is a multi-cap fund, so we can invest throughout the market cap spectrum from the largest to the very smallest companies. For the last couple of years, we haven't had any holdings in uh, smaller companies, and you know, clients have often asked, you know, why is that? And we've said, look, we're clearly coming to the end of a cycle. We don't know what's going to cause it to end, but you don't want to end small caps coming into a recession because they do badly. Um, and that's exactly what's happened. You know, the Russell 2000 small cap index has massively underperformed the S&P 500. Um, but what we have always said to clients is, at the depths of the next recession, we will be significantly adding to our small cap weighting within the fund because that's the time when everyone hates small caps, that you get the best opportunity, you get opportunities to buy some wonderful companies at great prices. And you know, we've really been taking advantage of that as you know, many other investors have uh, retreated, raised their cash positions, and sold sold their holdings. Are there a couple of sort of shining opportunities that you can maybe talk us through that that jump out for you in the small cap space? Um, I mean, there's a couple of names that we really like. Um, one is Bright Horizons Family Solutions, which provides um, you know, they operate in the UK, so people may be familiar with the business. It's um, providing um, childcare for um, you know, working mothers and working fathers. Um, it's a very profitable business. Um, they're the largest provider in the US and the UK by far. You know, clearly, they've been massively affected by the virus as um, the nurseries have all been closed. But once it all reopens again, then you know, those businesses can return to normal. It's a steady growth business. It generates a lot of cash. They have a very solid balance sheet. Um, it's definitely going to be one of the winners for the future. Um, another option, um, another um, company that we bought into that we've admired for a long time has been called Site One, which is a landscaping supplies business. It sounds really boring, um, and it is. It's a really boring business. But um, uh, clearly, in the middle of a recession, people are spending less on 
landscaping and gardens, etc. Um, share price has been hit hard. But you know, as we come out of this, there's, this company has a very small share of a very large market, and you know, they're the leader by far, and will carry on consolidating the market going forward. And you mentioned it earlier, but how has the oil price war between Saudi Arabia and Russia impacted the United States? And how do you see it ultimately playing out? Yeah, it's interesting now that you know, the US is obviously the largest producer in the world, but it's also the largest consumer in the world. Um, clearly, the slowdown in manufacturing is triggered by the slowdown in the energy complex will hurt. But there's also the offset to that, which is the US consumer will basically get a tremendous tax cut from lower gasoline prices at the pumps. Um, so, you know, the net net effect for the US is probably reasonably neutral. Um, certainly for a lot of other countries, especially in emerging markets, it's going to have a very dramatic effect. Um, but I wouldn't expect the oil price to recover anytime soon because, you know, this isn't just a demand shock. This is also a supply shock. And as long as Russia and Saudi want to keep on fighting it out, there's going to be too much oil in the world. That's going to keep the price down. And technology stocks, and in particular, the, the fangs led the, the last bull, ma- bull market in the sort of aftermath of the credit crunch. Given they're some of the largest companies in the world today, do they still have the growth potential to lead the, the next bull market? And or will others take the lead? And does that affect the US? Well, it's, it's incredible that now the, the five largest companies in the US, so um, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Google, and Facebook, now make up 21% of the S&P 500 index, which is you know, the, the highest concentration we've ever seen. Um, now, the, the reason that those stocks have all done well, obviously, that's the fact that they've had tremendous growth is great, but also there's been a lack of growth elsewhere um, in the stock market, and you've had very low interest rates on the back of low inflation, which obviously boosts valuation, and the two combined have boosted uh, the valuations of these companies. Now, going back to your first question, if the world looks very different on the other side of this, if we do have higher nominal growth and higher inflation, then growth will not be so scarce and interest rates will be higher. And both of those are significantly negative for growth stocks. Um, and I think it'll be especially negative for these group of growth stocks because they are so widely overowned. Um, now, it's too early to tell right now, but this is definitely something that should be on people's radar screens. Um, you know, if the world is going to look very different in the future than it has in the past, then investors' portfolios will also need to look very different, different to how they have in the past. So given we're in uncharted waters and we've never seen anything like this in our lifetimes before, how do you ultimately think this will play out? And in what direction do you see the economy eventually going? Well, I mean, it's, it's really fascinating because... You know, this is unlike anything that any of us have ever seen before. And none of us have a pattern or a model that we can refer back to. But, you know, the way that we've been looking at this is it's like sort of running up and suddenly finding this chasm has opened up in front of you. And everyone's sort of looked over the edge and been scared out of their minds as they've, as they've looked down into the depths. But then you've had the Federal Reserve and, the, um, and Congress and authorities around the world have thrown all of this money, putting the US economy and other economies around the world into this sort of self-induced coma to get us across to the other side where the ambition is obviously to wake all these companies back up and kind of carry on as if nothing has happened. So what they're effectively doing is they're building a bridge across this chasm that's opened up. And you know, here we are, we're walking across this bridge towards the other side where hopefully everything has resolved itself in the future and one day we'll look back on all this and go, what do we worry about? 
But here we are. We find ourselves on the bridge, hopefully getting closer to the other side. But sometimes we look down and we go, oh, my God, this is really scary. Because of everything that is happening or could happen and you know, people are dying and companies could go bust and employment's going through the roof. But then we look up into the future. And we go, actually, the future's not that far away. And the future, hopefully, is going to be okay. So we're, as a stock market and as, maybe as people in general, we're alternating between looking down and getting scared and looking up and getting hopeful. And I think that the closer we get to the other side, the less looking down we do and the more looking forward we do. And you know, that's, that's what's going to lift the market higher from here is that increased confidence that we're going to get to the other side and everything is going to be okay. Do you, do you think now will be the sort of the, the trying period, the next three months, or will it be the next year? I think it's going to be a lot quicker than that. I think either we'll find, discover that there's some therapy that works, we'll find out that you know, the mortality rates are far lower than we, than we think, or you know, ultimately we, we get a vaccine sometime towards the end of the year, all of those things. And it, one or more of those will resolve the problem. And then we can move on and get back on with our lives. And yeah, maybe there'll be some things that look very different. But I think a lot of things will still look exactly the same as they did before. That's great, Hugh. Thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Um, and if you'd like to learn more about the Might and US Opportunities Fund, please visit fundcaliber.com. And while you're there, remember to subscribe to the Investing on the Go podcast. Please know that these are unprecedented times and markets can react very quickly to news. The views expressed are at the time of recording and could change. And remember, we've been discussing individual stocks to bring investing to life for you. It's not a recommendation to buy or to sell. The fund may or may not still hold these stocks at your time of listening.